folks, Rich from Trapping Inc. TV here. And we all have our idea of the perfect morning. You know what I'm talking about. For me, the perfect morning starts with the aroma and flavor of freshly brewed Old Smokes coffee. Studies have shown that just the smell of fresh coffee can boost brain activity. No kidding. Well, that's certainly no secret to me. I can barely talk before that first cup. <laughs> just ask Sandy. I'm a dark roast man, and Old Smokes Coffee's darkest roast, Stout Maple, is what gets my day in gear. Extra dark, it's strong, aromatic, and smooth. Gets me revved up for whatever that day throws at me. Old Smokes roast their coffee over wood fires, the old-fashioned way. Wood roasting takes more time, much longer than modern hot air roasting. Slow roasting over wood takes the bitter out of the bean and imparts a heavenly taste and aroma from the wood smoke. Old Smokes makes a roast perfect for each person. There are five roasts, from light to extra dark, each roasted over a different wood for a unique flavor. Did you know the darker the roast, the lower the caffeine content? It's true. Caffeine is a volatile oil that evaporates with roasting. The lightest roast has the most caffeine, and the darkest roasts have the most flavor. Right now, you can order from their online store and use our promo code RICH, that's R-I-C-H, and get 10% off your entire order. Pretty simple. Just go to www.olsmokescoffee.com, that's O-L-E smokescoffee.com, and use the promo code RICH. That is promo code RICH for 10% off your entire order. And now let's get to today's show. I think we got it right the first time this time. <laughs> Good way to start. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Scuttlebutt Podcast. I'm Rich. And I'm Sandy. And uh, Trapping Inc. TV is just starting our uh, seventh season. We seventh are. Season? I know. And How'd that happen? You know, it is 2020. What do we need to tell anybody about 2020? Oh. How, how nuts it is. It's yeah. no different to here. It's just like every little thing's been a little extra difficult. Yeah. Um we uh, we spent this weekend building a bridge. Well, we should tell the whole backstory on that. We should tell the whole backstory on we that. We thought we'd made it through, like, the last couple of years, two, three, three. Three years have been unbelievably wet here. Yes. And we've had lots and lots of water, and it's ended up, um, it's like you have all these dehydrated beaver seeds sitting there in the in the dried up <laughs> mud, and as soon as water hits, boom, you got beaver. Everywhere. Yeah, well, we yeah we did have a big <laughs> year of beaver this spring for sure, and then um, well, when the when the water started three years ago, then the beaver started going, and and we ended up you know their dams were rebuilt, and you know where we had water flowing good, and that it, it all of a sudden uh, water levels started to come up, and we thought we'd made last year without having uh, lost our bridge. Well, and the reason we thought that is that there were other places where dams had let go and, and we filmed a lot of houses yeah. that were uh, where, the, where the water was non-existent any longer and you could really get a good understanding of what a beaver house looks like and and trees and you know all the things you can't see when the water's over top of it. So we thought... That that we had weathered it, and that that we were okay with our all of our places that we crossed and all the rest. Well, last year at this time, we're at the end of September here, yes. so we were in. We do um we do a kind of a roundup and and uh, uh, check everything out and, and make lists and stuff that needs to come, things that need to be done, and that sort of thing. And we did that last year at this time, mm -hmm. and went home. Everything was great. We were so prepared. 
Well, in between then, we got a giant storm that involved uh, a lot of rain and then a bunch of wet snow and then a lot yeah. more rain. We got just caught the fringe of it at home. We live um, uh, 300 kilometers away from here, 180 miles away from here. And so we didn't really know how bad it had been up here. No. And we come up here then. Um, we didn't didn't come up during October because October, first of October, you know, the canines open and, and uh, beaver and muskrat open, but we do those uh, well, we typically, close. yeah, we typically do muskrat. Uh, we have our anniversary cruise, <laughs> 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 and we always do that close to home. Yeah, well, there's more muskrat there. Yeah, like here, muskrat's—it's a, a hard life for muskrat out here. Yeah. But in the prairie parkland, you know, in the in the farmland agricultural, it's not, and that's where we do that. So we we do that. We lay in on the beaver and and uh, get more more bait ahead and all that kind of stuff. And then we show up here the first of November because that's when we can start setting for Fisher, Martin, Wolverine, Mink. That that all opens on the first of November. Well, this year we showed up. And <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> and no, the, no bridge. The major creek that we cross and that we've built a bridge on. Yeah. And we cross it twice a day. We At have, least. Yeah, yeah, we have to cross it twice a day. And you can usually get through it with the Argo, but it's the last few years as it's, as it's washed out and it's got washed deeper and deeper. And it's not that wide. It's The water's hardly wider than this table. But it doesn't freeze. And that's the big yeah. problem because in the Argo, of course, I mean, there there's practically, I, I don't think we've encountered any terrain that we can't get through. No, we Some get... of it takes a little longer, but but we haven't encountered any terrain that we can't get through. The big problem, of course, is when, when we get a lot of snow up here, which we have had for the last... I don't know, 10 years for sure. Uh, Probably a, longer. Six or seven anyway. I, <laughs> I got to tell a story. I got to tell a little bit of story about how I how I, I discovered that this creek doesn't freeze up. <laughs> it was it was our very first year out here and uh, everything had froze up. Everything was it was good. We didn't have a bridge. There was nothing to worry about. You know, we, we did what we did with the, with the Argo. And then when it got into December, when, you know, when I opened up the long line and, you know, you're doing you know, 150, 170 kilometers in a day, you know, you get on the snowmobile. And I'm coming through in the middle of the night, you know, I'm tired, I'm kind of sleepy. And and at that point, I'm... I'm it's hard I've, to believe you can be sleepy when it's minus 20. Yeah, I know. But when, it, <laughs> when it's 2.30 in the morning and you've had a, you've had a good day, you, you can be sleepy. <laughs> you're relaxed, right? Of course. You're relaxed. It's not far. I'm, at that point, I'm, I'm nine kilometers or, or, you know, five, six miles from from the cabin yeah and i know that the cabin's warm you're in here sleeping and it's it's nice and warm and i'm kind of dozy and i go to cross and you and you, you what we were doing at that time was we go down around to the side and because yes. then there was no banks or anything for the for the snowmobile well i the snow was built up and everything and i'm you're sloppy when you're tired worst thing that happens is when you're tired and it's dark yes. and you're sloppy and i and i, and I go down and around and, and uh I stand. I'm standing up, and as I stand up, I, I hit the throttle with my my leg hits the, yeah. my thumb on the throttle and gooses it. Well, it launches me off the edge of the, the, the of the berm and right out into the middle of this this creek, right where it's a big spaloosh. <laughs> and it's a lucky thing that the first thing that your body does is everything clenches because <laughs> I fed it a lot of throttle when I got out of there. But it was wide open. Yeah. I turned around, looked at it in, in my headlight, and it was wide open. And he woke right up. <laughs> I had crossed it that morning, oh. you know, and I mean, it was, and, and it had been safe, and now it's wide open. It's like, <gasps> yeah, my heart didn't quit beating for, <laughs> for an hour after that. 
So that was the first time that I noticed. And that, after that, then I was always leery and I was always looking. Lots of times, you know, you'd be gone for a week. It might have been 40 below. Come back and, you, and you'd tap out in the ice and it'd go, punk! And, you know, great big huge chunk would, would fall in, you know, they're just because there was just no, no, uh, I don't, I, there's, there's a current, there's current, sure, but I, there's warmth. There must Somehow. be a spring or something yeah. there. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is. But anyway, we started building a bridge. Yeah. And and it was mostly like I said just just uh, for the snowmobile so we were safe all winter long. We had it ha- we were all good until uh until that late freak storm in October. You don't yeah. usually get a freak storm like that in no. October. Usually usually if it comes it stays. Yeah. And yes, we've had snow come and stay in October. We've had snow come and stay for the whole winter in yes. September. Yes. Yes, it's but happened. It with with it being gone, we show up there to go go uh set up our martin and, and mink or mink and uh, fisher and it's like it's gone so we uh you'll, you'll see all of this on on the show this year we tore the bridge the bridge is washed out washed down built pretty good because it's still all together <laughs> yeah it was all together and so then we we tore it apart um and we rebuilt it first i tried to pull it and it's frozen yeah it's frozen and of course you got all those logs and everything frozen into the mud it's like iron yeah. So uh, I just put a tow strap on and had you drive the Argo and and we wait just... yeah it was some people would call it fun <laughs> we might even call it fun if it weren't the fact that we were trying to get other things done so anyway we pulled it apart and we and we did what we could and we we froze some of those big big planks into the into yeah. the creek so yeah. that the the snowmobile could get over it. Well, that's the one thing about when it's washing out like that. It created a little bit of an island that wasn't there before. Right. And so I could throw plank and plank over from, from the shore to this island and then from the island over to the other shore. And then we threw them across sideways. And, and then as the water levels came up and down over the wintertime, it just froze it into a big block of ice. And we, yeah. We were safe. Which was good. Yeah. And then came the spring. <laughs> <laughs> and spring up here as at home, happened in about 24 hours. Oh. Uh, we lost we lost snow and gained lakes in uh, the shortest period of time imaginable. And the same thing happened up here. We, we, we even flooded our road. Yeah, our, our, road, our road at home, yeah. we did. And then when we came back up here, all those pieces of the bridge and everything, they were totally gone. We have no idea where they went, but the dam broke itself. Yep. Was it was completely gone? Yep. And every, well, the there was there was some of our poles that we used. The that, logs, the yeah. main carrier logs. Yeah, yeah. And they, were, they had washed up against kind of a bank, I guess, and yeah. they they didn't go very far. So at least we had the bones to get started with again yeah. this weekend. But you need to have all that planking. So yeah. we dug out the Range Road uh, uh, sawmill. Right. Uh, we have a, one of their 5032s, um, or 5032, however you want to say it, uh, bandsaw sawmill. And it'll cut 32 inches. We don't have any trees that are 32 inches across the base here. We but, don't, no. No. But uh, we do have poplar. And, yes. And so we set it up uh, where I could get to get some big poplar to it. Mm-hmm. And... We sawmilled a whole bunch of planks, which are awesome. They're, they're 10 feet wide. Like, we built a bridge. 10 feet that, long, not 10 feet wide. Yeah, 10, 10 feet long, pardon <laughs> me. Yeah. I wish they were 10 feet wide. I would have needed four. <laughs> we, we, uh, <laughs> they're, they're 10 feet uh, long, though, so that bridge is 10 feet wide. Like, I mean, we had a two-lane bridge going on there now. We <laughs> well, you, 
you could have, I suppose, if you had two smaller quads, you could have a two-lane bridge. But what we're a little bit more concerned about now is anybody that makes it down that line somehow with a pickup. I can't imagine how they would, but if they tried to cross that thing with a pickup, they might get a surprise. Yeah, we'll see it sitting like this because, yeah. I mean, those logs will only carry so much weight on it. Yeah. We, uh, we put the... Uh, I'd built it before on three logs, two yes. on one side, one on the other, yeah. and then the planking across. Well, this time I, I put them back up, and then I put an, an, an extra one on the on the two, and an extra one on the on the single yeah. side. So it, it it is very very sturdy. We even put a like a, a an abutment underneath. At one point, we spanned yeah. a long ways. Like we yeah. do span at least twenty feet. More than that. Yeah. More than that. Uh, yeah, closer probably to thirty feet. Uh, maybe maybe 25 feet somewhere something like that anyway it's it's a lot yeah and there is uh, on the one end there is um there was a, a place where we could put some extra uh, the abutment yeah, yeah. And get some support underneath to take some of the bounce out so it was uh, it, it was a pretty good chore but i mean with the argo makes it so easy like i mean you i don't know how you do it with, without a machine of some sort because i mean those logs have to be pulled into place like you can't yeah. move them like you think you think that uh, you know you're, you're as young as you used to be. I'm not, <laughs> and and you, you take and go to lift that stuff around. It's like it just doesn't move. It's like what? What do you mean it doesn't move? And then you really well, get they're one, really they're long trees too. Yeah. Like the the logs there, they're they're probably thirty feet or more. More, yeah, more. They're more than thirty yeah. feet. Um, so just I mean, there's weight just in in how long they are yep. and then you try and wrestle them around and even though they didn't wash away we still had to get them from where they were up to where we needed them to be and yep it was it was a chore but you know the two of us working together with a good machine and some straps and ropes and <laughs> things like that you can yeah. make things happen well and we had to haul the, the decking from where we sought it that's right to yeah. uh to where we needed it so it's a good thing we have that, that big old uh, eight-wheel trailer of Argo. Yeah, because that thing, like you, like you said, those planks were 10 feet long. And um, and they fit really nicely in that trailer. You didn't have to have a counterbalance on one no. side because uh, it would stick out too far. And the counterbalance <laughs> sometimes is me. Most often it's me. I was <laughs> laughing. I'm, I'm the counterbalance sitting on there. That's alone. And she drives. And she's crazy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she, she goes... Oh. Yeah, okay. I'll be sitting there holding on, you know, and we'll be counterbalancing our way down the road as we, as we go. But no, yeah, it held it like a like a champ. Yeah. We got it all there. I, I even uh, took some number nine wire and uh, wired the logs together yeah. to to create some more strength that way. Got the, got all that decking on and, and nailed it. It was amazing. Like the, the, the thing that took the longest was wrestling the logs yeah. into place because yeah. once we got the planking, it was easy. Well, yeah. it was easy. I watched. <laughs> he pounded six-inch spikes, and I watched. But it was good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. So we're sitting here pretty dang good now. Yeah. End of September. Well, I, another thing I did, though, too, is I, I anchored the bridge. Oh, yes, you did. You used those... Uh... Wolf, wolf fang anchors, what I usually anchor my, my wolf traps with. Yeah. I put some on... It's pretty soft clay there. Like I shoved them in. I didn't have to pound it in. Yeah. So. 
but it's better than nothing. Because you don't know yeah. how, how high it actually got before. The, the bridge right now is probably close to four feet off the water. I would say, at yeah. least, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it takes a lot of water to be able to raise that. Now, maybe it raised it only by a few inches, and that was enough to wash it over. Just one, yeah. Once it gets sideways, just... 10, 12 feet, then it, it kind of falls off and, yeah. and it would float for a bit. Yeah. So as far as it got, I don't think that it, it washed it out by much. So maybe this will hold it. We'll, we'll see. Well, we will see. And and regardless, I mean, whatever's going to happen is going to happen and there's not much we can do about it. But, we, but we've uh, put as many preventative measures in as we possibly can, I guess. And yeah. and now we, we go home. We're going to have a little vacay. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna go we're gonna go over to BC. I've I've still got a lot of stuff to do. We're I I don't know if you're aware, but we are producing a second show this year, a second series. It's a hunting mm-hmm. series, and we called it uh, Married the, to the Hunt by the campy name Married to the Hunt <laughs> <laughs> because it's all about us. And <laughs> well, we've had a pile of fun in our married life, and and uh, in an, a week from tomorrow, we'll celebrate our forty first. Wedding anniversary. 41 years? I know. just doesn't quite seem possible, does it? How is it you stay so young? Oh, I think <laughs> it's just because all, all the laughing I do at you. <laughs> and with you, of course. <laughs> oh, man. I, I tell everybody, I say, hey, if you ain't laughing, you, you, you ain't living right. You know, no. you, you ain't doing it right. That's true. But anyway, we'll... Um, uh, we're working with um, a new taxidermist this year, so we're going to take some of our stuff over there for him yes, to uh, get started on. Jesse Martin, Jay Martin Taxidermy out of uh, uh, Kelowna. Right. In and BC. we have some friends over in that neck of the woods and some other folks that we might want to pop in and, and visit with. So we're going to take a little bit of time for ourselves, which... You, this was this, supposed to happen in August. It was, Actually, it was supposed to happen in July. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, the universe conspires and it obviously wasn't the right time. So now we've gotten all this work done at home. Oh yeah. That's the other uh, thing. You know, this mem thing guys about on, on Facebook about, uh, I hate it when my wife says, you know, I've been thinking cause it means I gotta, I gotta do some work. I gotta move something. I gotta buy something. I gotta paint. Yeah. What a year for that. Well, <laughs> yeah. But last year we were gone and for for the month of June, and and this year we were not. So <laughs> this year we got a lot of stuff done uh, at home, but we had we got some stuff done out here too, and we haven't taken much in terms of vacation time. I started a new job, um, and it's just been about moving ahead, and I'm still studying and blah blah blah. There was lots of things to do. So now we have a few days where we can take some time for. Hey, Rich here. Sandy and I are pleased at the rapid growth of our exclusive community, Trapping Inc. at Locals.com. We created the community to connect more closely with our fans, friends, and supporters without the interference and censorship of social media companies. Because this community is subscriber exclusive, there is no censored photos, shadow banning, and deplatforming as happens on Twitter and Facebook. Trolls are non-existent, as not a one will spend a nickel and put their money where their mouth is to protest on a paid site. You know it. We are steadily moving all Trapping Inc. YouTube videos and podcasts as quickly as time and bandwidth allow. We're tickled and surprised to see how large of library we must move. As well, we are sharing articles on trapping and guns and shooting. Our new TV series, Married to the Hunt, videos are here too. Hours and hours of never-before-released to the internet hunting and fishing from around the world. Trappinginc.locals.com will be the exclusive home of all Trapping Inc. content 
from the past and into the future. What else is there to do? Well, there's a forum for everyone to post pictures on and interact. You can message us directly on trappinginc.locals.com as well as interact with all the other subscribers. These are all people with common interests. Get in here. This whole venture is about taking the Trapping Inc. TV community to the next level, building a community of shared interest and interacting with all of our friends. Who knows where we can go from here? Just go to locals.com and sign up for a free account. Then search for Trapping Inc. and subscribe for $5 a month. That's it. Go to locals.com to open a free account and then subscribe for $5 a month to Trapping Inc. Help us spread the truth about a way of life and the responsible, ethical management of the wild resources. Trappinginc.locals.com. Now back to the show. Just You're causing traveling. me some issues because what's, what's your new job? Oh, Wealth Advisor with <laughs> Scotia McLeod, Scotia Wealth Management in Grand Prairie, Alberta. So everybody's giving me a hard time about how good the TV business is that I have my own private wealth <laughs> advisor. <laughs> You've always had a private banker, oh, but I guess that wasn't. I guess I'd, that I'd be penniless and naked in the street if it wasn't for you. <laughs> I freely admit it. There you go. You'd be happy. Oh no. yeah, I, I'd be happy, penniless, naked, dirty. You know, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> True story. Anyway, we've had uh, we've had a very busy year, and now we'll have a few days to just maybe relax a little bit. Well. Kind of, sort of. Like, what we've got to go. We're we're, we're taking our uh, African trophies from last year to uh, to the new taxidermist, and uh, it'd be nice to to see him and and his uh, his um, um, shop office, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's always nice. We've been dealing with him uh, through the internet and over the phone, that kind of stuff. But it's always nice to actually meet somebody. And uh, I've seen pictures of his work. He does very nice work, so we're excited about that. Yep. Are those dogs going to bang into that? Probably. Bed. <laughs> Go lay down. And, and as always, the dogs are with us out here, but I could see the camera just shaking just a little bit as, a, as yeah. they walk near it. So, yeah, you're good boys. Yes, you are. That, uh, the, our, our African Safari from last year is on, on the first season of uh, Married to the Hunt. Yes, it is. And that goes to air... Uh, next week sometime too, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, we start in the, f- the first of the fourth quarter and we are um, Trapping Inc. Season 6 will start on Pursuit Channel next week uh, as well. in the U.S., yes. Yep, down in the U.S. We'll be on there three times a week now, so uh, watch for us. We're, we're excited. We're... For all of our American friends, you can see us there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of cool, you know. I'm sitting there. It's part of the crunch by why we haven't got away on our, our little vacay and all that is is editing two different series is is busy and of course even though i i edited uh trapping inc season six quite a while ago uh for canada i have to re-edit it for the u.s yeah because there's a slightly different timeline uh for for shows on the pursuit channel a minute shorter and i also have of course different sponsors and that because it costs a lot of money to air oh my goodness it costs a pile yeah i I, I feel like we always have to to say to people, it's, it's not like network television where no. something gets picked up and then you get paid. It's like they tell you uh, how much you need to pay and you either agree or you disagree and, and then you have to, have to find the advertisers that can come along with you and, and help make that happen. So um, 
there is always commercial time in every show, so it's not up to us. That's up to the channel, which how many which we how many air. commercials there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So sometimes we get that comment to um, from people that I wish there were less commercials, and honestly, we wish there were too. <laughs> However, our advertisers pay the bills, and um, and we we work with people that we have long-standing relationships with, and whose products we absolutely believe in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it and sponsors are so very very important when you're doing the broadcast. Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, business plan. And one of the things that we've been doing though with uh, trappinginc.locals.com. Yes. Which is our private subscription community. A lot of this stuff that's going to show up in six and seven and, and all that have already been, is already there. Correct. I mean, it's a yeah. subscription base and, and uh, we don't have a pile of subscribers yet, but they, they get to see everything first. Well, it's building and it seems like every week somebody tells somebody else who tells somebody else. So we're, we are building. Yep. But part of the reason that we went that way is because of some censorship on some of the more broader platforms out there. And that, um, you know, we, we felt that we couldn't even show some of the stuff that we do with our children and grandchildren. We can't um, show. Yeah. We can't, flat out. They, uh, when it comes to the grandchildren, like any, any kids under 16, they won't monetize it. Yeah. You know, and if you're, if it can't be monetized, like, I mean, we are philanthropic. We do a lot for, for trapping and for, yes. and, and for the, you know a lot of public relations work for trapping and all that, but at some point, something has to pay a bill. I mean, I won't have any wealth for you to advise me on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there there is a lot that's happening in the world these days, and so um, sometimes it's easier to... Uh, to take a different direction when when you encounter some of these obstacles, um, you know, to try and go over it or through it um, is not practical or in many cases feasible. As you say, it, it's not monetized and and we rely on that as some of our income in order to be able to do the things that we do. Well, I mean, and it's just like with our, our all our podcasts are going to be there. All of our videos are going to be there. All of our seasons are there. Season six is already there. Yes. And uh, at trappinginc.locals.com, we're moving, we're pulling away from YouTube. Like, I mean, um, what's there is going to stay there, but I don't know that I'm going to add anything new. And, and the reason being is like, why? You know, it's like, the stuff that's happening so many places now where whether it's Toronto or, or California or wherever and you know the, the the laws are getting so prohibitive if you're a hunter or if you if you want to own fur or or taxation or and people oh, are leaving yeah. some people are arguing well I'm going to stay and fight I'm going to stay and fight and I'm going to be part of the solution not, I'm not just going to give up and leave I'm 61 I've I've fought a long time <laughs> I'm 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 going to I'm going to do what, what what's good for me finally you know what I mean well and and I guess that's the nice thing is that this locals channel that we have is is a way that we can do our own thing and and we're not censored by anyone. And the people who want to watch us will watch us there. Yeah. We can post up anything we want. Nobody else can see only only members that pay the five dollars a month can can see the pictures or anything else. So we can post anything we want, we can talk about anything we want. Yeah. And that's important. 
and we encourage the dialogue between people who are like-minded. So, and that, and we've said it before, uh, but it bears repeating that the aunties aren't going to pay uh, a flat nickel uh, to get onto a private channel. They they want to be out there in the free man zone, which is you know where they can do and say and um, cause havoc and and whatnot. With it's, no cost to them. <laughs> oh, exactly. No, they won't. They won't pay a nickel. And it's really funny. Right now, we've just we're in this virus stupidity, and the border between Canada and U.S. is closed. Yeah. Okay. One of the funny things that showed up here is that the protests against our oil and gas have disappeared. Yes. So when the troublemakers from the U.S. can't get across the border into Canada, there is no troublemaking. No, it is, and it, suddenly it, things are just happening, and yeah. there's no there's no news story to say that this railway was blockaded or this, you know, port or this highway or bridge or whatever. So a lot of a lot of the American troublemakers can't get here, which is one of the few blessings of, of well, having yeah, a closed I mean, border. We're not saying that they're, they're that they're all the troublemakers. I just think that that's where the money is and and yeah. that they're hired troublemakers. They and, are. But it is amazing. Yeah. You know, like look at it, it was all out war over that coastal gas link uh, pipeline. pipeline. And they were shutting, they, they were protesting, they were burning stuff on train tracks and all that, right across Canada. Yes. The day that the border closed, that ended. Yep. And no it hasn't protests. been back. Unfortunately for you Americans, it seems to have gotten into a lot of your <laughs> your cities. Um, and Yeah, they, they must yeah. come from Portland or something. Cause that's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, politics. Not not our not what we talk about on the show. No, <laughs> we we talk about all the fun things that we get to do out in the bush and and whatnot. So, uh, and, and we're, we're like I say, we're sitting pretty pretty good here. We're going to be uh, doing our our muskrats and beaver uh, first off in uh, around around the home there. I'm going to start my uh, coyote sets earlier this year. My coyote baits mm-hmm. and just watch watch the weather. You know if if uh, we have a a nice cold October. I might start uh, yeah. setting up at the at the end of October, but you know the the prime, or how thick the leather is, is 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 determined by daylight. Right. We can't change that. But how heavy the coat is 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 determined by the cold. We just had a couple of disastrous. I mean, I can't put it any other way. The um, fur harvesters auctions. You know, because of the virus, they. They had to be online, and they had nobody could get here. Yeah, and well, that that too. Plus, I mean, it's the only game in town now because the uh, the North American Fur Auctions NAFA, for short, which most people in the fur trade would be familiar with, has has been bankrupted. So that that takes another avenue of fur sales out. And and it's so bad because it was going to be a great year. It was going to be a great year. Like I was talking with Mark Downey, the uh, the the chairman or the owner of um, fur harvesters, and the fur buyers. Like we all of a sudden we hate as soon as NAFA disappeared. Mm-hmm. This is this is the 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 free free market thing and that that nobody ever really pays much attention to. But as soon as NAFA disappeared, suddenly we had all kinds of in. You know, individuals that became fur buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, GFW, Grun, Grun, yeah. Grunwald uh, Fur and Wool, came up from, from the U.S. Yes. to buy. Yeah. 
And everybody was, I mean, they were paying as much as, you know, like I know people that were getting uh, 135 bucks a coyote cash on the barrelhead. Yeah. So every one of those fur buyers that are buying that, they're expecting to run those through the through the auction. Yeah. And Mark said, you know, that, that they they sell a lot of stuff private treaty uh, in a period, run up period to the to the auction and then they stop and, and then it, it's strictly on auction. And he said the, the demand was strong in private treaty, you know. And yeah. he says, you know, things like uh, like raccoon and beaver and that were, were coming back as well as, of course, the yes. coyote was still very, very strong. And then the virus happened. And there's been a lot of people that have been mad at at uh, fur, fur harvesters. harvesters. And it's not fair. I no. mean, they make their money when that gavel drops. Well, and <laughs> not only do they make their money when the gavel drops, but the more that's paid for a lot, it you know, it generates a bigger commission on on the back side of it as well. So oh, yeah. fur harvesters does not want low prices either. So it's just one of those things that you need to that, that people need to think their way through and not be quite so emotional about it. I mean, I I understand that the money is an emotional topic, but Oh, absolutely. But, you know, you do, there has to be a a basic understanding about how this business is carried on. And here's here's the, the thing like what uh, after the first time, the first one, online auction didn't go well, and I was talking with Mark, and he says, "Well, it, it's simple." He says, "He says you see what sold." He said, "Eastern Coyote sold." He says, "Low quality, damaged stuff sold." He says, "Nobody's going to buy that high end stuff sight unseen." Correct. And yeah. that's exactly what has happened. And so things like you know, like uh, like Martin, uh, the prices have dropped out. Are mostly un- unsold. Martin Fisher mostly unsold. They they withdrew the the uh, lynx cat or the bobcat they're called right. Uh, they withdrew them because they just weren't coming anywhere near the what it was worth. Now there were people on both sides of that coin that said that you know that their their quality coyotes sold for eighty seven dollars and and that was wrong. Well, perhaps that's a reflection of of reality. Um, well, it's that's it's, what they were worth because it's a the, demand situation, yeah, right? Because the really high end stuff didn't sell, and. Then there was others that, that said they should have sold them no matter what. I mean, it's. I understand it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Yeah. And I, I feel I feel bad that way because once again, they would sooner take a percentage off of a hundred and thirty dollar coyote rather than a, a fifteen cent squirrel. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a big big difference. And uh, what I had in the in the auction, yeah, I had some uh, my coyotes that sold were the damaged ones. Yeah. Just boom, just like classic, like what he said would happen. Yeah. And they actually sold really good. Like I sent them in just because even if they gave them away for a buck or whatever, it wasn't being wasted, right? Right. But I got I averaged thirty seven fifty US dollars and they'd have, have big patch like, you know, uh, six inches long and three inches wide of shoulder from shoulder mites in the middle right. of their shoulder rubbed off, right? I mean, yeah, they can get strips off the sides and all that, and I mean they're 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 high quality heavy yeah. winter and that. Otherwise, other than that patch right out of the middle center of the rough right so it's better than throwing it away it was and um and it's work obviously anybody that's worked with fur of any sort there there is work involved i mean there's work involved in setting your traps and and catching it and skinning it and you know putting it up and all all the rest you want to be rewarded for that work but it's very much in the same realm as farming you know i mean the, no less work goes into farming for a for a crop that doesn't have a, a good resale value or that does have a good resale value, you know? I mean, it, it, yeah, it's just that whole demand thing. So people can be mad, but it it's just reality. The part that I don't understand is 
the people then that are mad and well, I'm done trapping. <laughs> I ain't going to be trapping. And then if next year if they come back, come roaring back, and and we have two hundred dollar coyotes and they've got nothing in there, yeah, you know, it's just like Warren Buffett and, and uh, dollar cost averaging, right? Well, yeah, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll let I'll let you talk to the uh, wealth advisor. Here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to be said. Warren Buffett's got lots of um, lots of winning strategies. That's how he got to be as wealthy as he is, but. I'm I'm always in the game. I mean, I might hold a bunch of fur yeah. one year or another. This year, I am uh, all of my otters are are going out for tanning. Yeah, and uh, I'm tanning a whole bunch of lynx as well. And we've got some private projects that we want to do. Well, and, and that's the other thing too is that that there is things that you can do as a trapper that that can net you better money on on your. Um, on your catches. And some of it is, you know, like the private project that, that most people are aware of is our big king size beaver blanket that we did. Um, we got it last year. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, though, that is, that is something that will be, uh, an heirloom for our children, grandchildren. To fight over. Yeah. To (laughs) to fight over. To cut apart, maybe make, you know, whatever. But I mean, there's lots of things that you can do with fur. And, uh. You watch, watch, uh, episode seven of of season six, you'll see us cuddling under it. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Everybody's busy setting their DVR to delete that one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we have lots of fun out there and there's. You know, you're always looking to be innovative and imaginative in the things that you can do, um, you know, to show everything that we're doing here. You know, you don't want to be watching the same show, doing the same thing year after year after year, but there's always some little difference. There's always a... Well, I mean, part of it is is that, once again, this this was created when, when the one of the big players went away. Yes. And all of a sudden now people started thinking about doing stuff with their own fur, whether it was easy before to just keep sending yeah. it to, to the auctions and that. So, I mean, change, you know, a lot of people don't like change, but change can be really good. Well, change is constant in your life. And so you have to get used to it and, and you have to, you, you know, you have to be willing to take a chance on doing things differently. I want to talk though about the public perception of trappers and mm-hmm. You know, we need to realize that we're constantly under scrutiny. Yes. And whether it is on those social media posts, uh, whether it's your attitude. Um, I learned this from you over now just about 41 years is that it never, it, it doesn't cost anything to be polite. And I wasn't always a polite person. And I was, you know, always pretty abrupt a lot of times. But people are always watching. Yes. And we had a very unique situation happen on our way out here the other night. Yes. Was it? Uh, it's amazing how you how you meet people and what that can turn into and what it means. Um, so there was a vehicle. We weren't very far from home. Nope. Um, and there was a vehicle that was pulled over on the side of the road with his emergency blinkers going. And he was standing behind his vehicle. And I said to Richard, what an unusual place for somebody to pull over because it was a double line on the highway. So nobody is passing. There's blind spots. It It's not a good spot. No, and we just, were on a hill. Yeah, just over the hill. And uh, it wasn't a good thing. And I, both of us 
kind of, we, it caught our eye immediately that there was a deer in the ditch. And we thought that this guy had hit the deer, yeah. but it was very obviously alive. Um, head was up, yep. ears were back, but it wasn't going anywhere very it was obviously hurt and we thought that he had hit the deer as it turned out he hadn't he had just come upon it in the ditch as well but we we stopped and he recognized us right away which well, doesn't I, happen as often as everybody well, would think it doesn't <laughs> but it rolled down the window and it was like hey rich hi sandy yeah. and we we're like uh <laughs> do we know i mean we're so close to home that perhaps this is Someone yeah. that we should know, and neither one of us know. And anyway, it, yeah. It, so, I mean, but that was the part that struck home was that you have to realize you're always under scrutiny. And see, yeah. we never think of our about the TV thing and that. That's that's, that's something we do. It's something we love doing, but we never think about that as part of our persona. No. But to that person, that person knew us only from TV. Yes. And he had been there for I don't know how long. He'd phoned the police. He'd phoned the our, or the um, Fish and Wildlife. Life. He says all kinds of hunters drove by him and never stopped. And, and I just, when I seen, you know, I come up and made sure that he was okay. And I could see this deer in the ditch and that with his head up. I thought, well, he'd hit it. And not everybody can finish the job. Okay. And I understand that not everybody's made the way we are. And, and it's not an easy thing to do, but he wanted to know if we had a gun and, you know, cause nobody was coming to, to, to attend to this. And I says, no, I, I don't have a gun, but I do have a knife. He says, well, I do too. I says, well, do you need help? And he was like, mm. I said, okay, let me let me pull. So I pulled out in front of him and, and, and got parked off the side of the road and I come out with Because him. we were dragging the trailer and, yep. you know, he, yep. we just didn't want to be causing another accident. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I go up and uh, and pulled out the, the Leatherman. And, and well, first I, I pulled this out. But then I get worrying about this because if I'm going to cut her throat... I have to jam it in pretty hard, and I'm afraid that there's not enough to stop my hand from sliding. So Yeah, and you're going to cut yourself then. Yeah, and I didn't need that. So I, I pulled out my Leatherman, a good grip with it, and and I walked up on her, and I think she'd been shot in the butt. It, I think somebody shot her. It looked that way because just when I got out um, afterwards, there was, there was very obviously a wound coming oh. You know, from her bleeding, yeah. from her back end, and it wasn't. I walked up and 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 she tried to. She struggled and moved around a little bit, but the back end was was buggered up. So I just kind of got over top of her and and um, I put my hand on her and, and calmed her down. And it's it's a bad feeling because you, you're trying to calm them so you can kill them. Yeah. And but and you I, don't want her to thrash around. No, and, no. Yeah. I just at that point, as a hunter and a trapper. It's my job to kill as fast as possible. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we're killing. There's no no two ways about that. We're, no. we're, we're killing. And somebody had bungled this job and, and and I was just, all I was worried about was her and, and making sure it was over for her. And so uh, I got, I got the, the job done and, and the fellow was a little bit, a little bit rattled, you know, and, and it's never, it's never a good feeling. It's never a good feeling, but you know. Well, I was too and I wasn't standing there. So. No. It, it just isn't. It isn't the way that anybody wants it to nope. go ever. Nope. But once you're there, you can't walk away no, from no, no, something no, no. like that. Nope. And and so... It's like so. anybody that's ever owned a dog understands there's a point when they need you the most. And that's when you have to make the decision to put them down. And that's and that's the situation you're in there. It, it, people don't understand that, that, that a hunter or a trapper or whatever would have those kind of feelings. But it's true. 
We're yeah. just we just live in a different piece of reality than the rest of the world does, yeah. and, and and we understand our place in it. Anyway, this fellow turns out there's an upside to this story. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all a downer. <laughs> As it, as it turns out, he, he lives in the middle of farming country where there is uh, a, a... Near a major river, and he owns a ton of land, and his neighbors have a ton of land, and they have a ton of leases and all that. They got problems with coyotes and wolves. <laughs> Would you like to come out and help us? Or like, well, yeah. And so, the poor guy, though, he, he thanked us. I don't know how many times we're stopping. He said, all these people drive by. And he says, and then busy people like you stop... We weren't really busy. We were just headed for the trap line. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody's busy and and I you know, you you don't know what motivates people or demotivates people in a situation like that. Um A lot of it is the world is so busy that everybody thinks that getting to Costco five minutes early is earlier is is a a, a major accomplishment. I don't yeah. know. It was yeah, it was one of those things. But it you know, I we we took care of the situation. We made a friend. Yes. And that was that was nice. And and it so happens that his place is on our way out to, out to the trap yeah. line. So I can I can say it's to, hardly much of a dodge off the highway. Well, yeah, <laughs> and and because they they're all uh, they're all ranchers and that they all have uh, uh, cattle and and everything that dies or needs to be put down and and as long as it's on their own private land, I can use that for bait. Yes. I can't I can't take it to the bush, but I no. can sure use that on the, uh, yeah. on on that. So that that that's good. That's all. That's good. Um, it, it's an unfortunate situation that I would like to have the opportunity to talk to the person that did it. Yeah. And they should have been the one there with the knife in their hand and, and, and learning that lesson. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I understand. It could have been a shout through. You, you don't want to automatically assume that there were bad people. No. They may not even know they did it. No. You know? That's yeah. that, that that's the thing. They may not even know they even did it, but I would like them to be there and and to to finish what they started and to understand those repercussions. That's the problem with a lot of, a lot of the world today. Yeah. Is that people do not understand that there are consequences for their actions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, it's been an uh, an interesting weekend. Lots it of things. Is. It well, is. and seldom does it go exactly as you envisioned it will go. No. Right? So, I mean, every, uh, you take every opportunity to learn from life. and well, we got we got to go home now. And I wonder, like, uh, our youngest boy, Jake, and his wife and kids are, are out at our place. We had a pair of bull elk have a fight in the garden last week and, and <laughs> trash what was <laughs> left of the garden. My parsnips. <laughs> <laughs> and the lettuce and, and I of course didn't didn't have when I was there. I, I happened to uh uh get a peek of them because our, our garden our house is up here and our garden is 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 uh just about a hundred yards from the house and then it's the start of oh well, it's a hundred yard mark on our gun range now yeah. out, out to, to six hundred yards. And I saw them they were at, at four hundred yards and they were kind of tussling there and by the time I ran back in and uh, you know I'm looking off the back deck and I ran back in with the binoculars and everything well then they were just going into the bush as that and we then we took a, the dogs for a walk down there later that evening and there was a bull moose that crossed down there too yeah, so yeah yeah and, and then and then the next night the bull and two cows were out there yes so yeah. we have this wildlife zoo going on in our backyard but we, li- we live in heaven yeah, we, we do. Li- we live in We're heaven. We're very fortunate. Press up to it. It's yeah, heaven. Yeah, it is. And especially when Jake and Marissa and the kids come out, it's good. Yeah. 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 So, are we going to wrap this up? We better. And we better get home because, you know, maybe Marissa will be cooking dinner for all of us. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're sure glad you could join us today, though. Yes, it was awesome. And maybe we'll see you down the line.